First John. Ah, yeah. That's why the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and arguments and everything high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You don't have to fight. Ah, hallelujah. God can. God will make things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you mess up, my, 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 my. If you just fess up, God will turn that thing around. And he'll make things happen. Anyway, first John. Glory to God. Chapter 3. First John chapter 3, beginning at verse 18. Hallelujah. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Now, let me stop right here. Just in case I forget to say this in the message because it's not the focus of the message. Just because your heart doesn't condemn you doesn't mean you're not right. That doesn't mean that you're right. In the, you got to read this in the context that it was written. So it's just not saying just because you can do anything and you're not condemned, you're all right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So just want to get that out. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and we receive from him anything we ask because we obey, because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is the command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gives us. I want to I read this from the Amplified Version because I'm going to use this as a part of the message. Little children, let us not love merely in theory or in speech, but in deed and in truth and practice and sincerity. By this we shall come to know that we are of the truth and can reassure our hearts in his presence. So the confidence there was about reassuring our hearts in his presence. Whenever our hearts in self-accusation make us feel guilty and condemn us. For he is above us and greater than our consciences. And he knows, perceives, and understands everything. Nothing is hidden from him. And beloved, if our conscience, our hearts, do not accuse us, if they do not make us feel guilty and condemn us, we have confidence 
complete assurance and boldness before God. And, and that's so vital because when you pray and when you ask God for something and your heart condemns you, you don't have confidence to receive what you ask God for. And we receive from him whatever we ask because we watchfully obey his orders, observe his suggestions and injunctions, follow his plans for us, and habitually, habitually practice what is pleasing to him. And this is his order. This is his order, his command, his injunction, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and that we should love one another just as he has commanded us. All who keep his commandments who obey his orders and follow his plans, live and continue to live, to stay and abide in him and he in them. They let Christ to be, they let Christ be at home to them and they are at, at the home of Christ. And by this we know and understand and have proof that he really lives and makes his home in us by the spirit whom he has given. I want to talk about following Jesus, the bottom line. The bottom line. The bottom line. The bottom line. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that this word will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you, Father, that you're going to prosper your word and the things that you sent your word to. We bless you, we praise you now. We thank you for a fresh anointing and strength, Lord God, to preach under your anointing today, Father. Clarity of thought, clarity of expression, clarity, Lord God, of receptivity in the name of Jesus. Our hearts and minds are open to you to receive of you this day in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Following Christ, the, the, bottom, the bottom line, the bottom line, following Christ. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, this is about following Christ. This is the bottom line. We need to know this. Amen. The bottom line. Now, of course, and I've said this over and over again, in the church here, we're in the period between Calvary and Pentecost. Of course, we're actually living, we are actually living post-Pentecost, but for our instruction and for our learning, it's valuable for us to see what Jesus did between the time after his resurrection and prior to Pentecost, and hear the instructions that he gave his disciples after appearing to them, the Bible says, with infallible proofs, with infallible proofs and teaching them things pertaining to the kingdom. Teaching them things pertaining to the kingdom. Now, now, even though we don't have every exact word that Jesus taught during this period of time, all right, um, we do have what, he what his disciples, what the apostles received from him. Yes. And that one, was one of the reasons that it was very important that after Judas's death, when they chose another apostle, when they chose someone else to fill his bishopric or to fill his apostleship, that they chose one who had walked with them, one who had seen Jesus and had heard Jesus teach. Amen? Amen. It's very important because they 
were they were they were they, they, they had the task of carrying on this ministry and then the task of recording of writing down for successive generations what Jesus said and did so what we see happening in the early church is the apostles preaching Jesus Christ preaching the things that he had taught them the things that they had and doing the things that they had observed him do that's why when they went to the temple at the hour of prayer, Peter and John, and they saw this man who was lame uh, they, and asking for money, they remembered the Lord Jesus. Jesus didn't go around passing out money. So they said, silver and gold, we don't have. But such as I have, we, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And they grabbed him by his hand and pulled him up. And he immediately received strength in his legs and feet and began to walk. They did what they saw Jesus do. Amen? They taught what they heard Jesus teach. And when there were problems in the church, they were called, that's why they had the first church council of Jerusalem. They went back to the, to the church fathers and they presented their matter to the church fathers and the church fathers made a decision on the matter. Right? In the book of Jude, Jude writes to the church. Is that right? And he was going to write about the common salvation. But there were false teachers who had, who had begun to, to attack the church and try to pull people away from the church. And Jude changed his course and said, but it's necessary for me to write to you about the faith that was once and for all transmitted unto you by, uh, uh, to the saints. And you have to ask the question, who transmitted this faith? It was the apostles. So, 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 so it was, it was important that in the beginning that they, that, they, uh, that they taught what Jesus wanted taught. And they wrote down, that's why Paul wrote. Paul got a special revelation from Jesus Christ. Paul knew the Old Testament, but it wasn't until his experience on the road to Damascus that he came to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And after the revelation of Jesus Christ, Paul was able then to go back and go back to the Old Testament prophets and law and be able to explain Jesus throughout the prophets and throughout the, uh, throughout the law and bring it into a New Testament perspective. So Paul begins to teach on faith in the book of Romans. And Paul talks and explains faith from what God started doing with Abraham, who's the father of the faith. Anyway, I don't want to preach about all of that today. I want to talk to us about, and I'm trying to bring us into the point of where we are today, because we are shifting, we are moving away from the foundational teachings of Jesus Christ. And God wants us to come back to the Bible. It's too much of what I think in this thing. It's too much of what I feel in this thing. It's too much, and when I say in this thing, I'm not just talking about tabernacle of praise. I'm talking about the church world in general. You know, because we allow television, not just the preach word on television, but everything else in the media to influence the way we think. And consequently, we think, many people think, then the Bible needs to change because the Bible is out of date and we need to come in line with current ways of thinking. But I, the, the, the Bible is still right. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 
Amen. So God is calling us back. God is calling us back. And, if, and I believe that we're seeing a revival in the church world today. Why would there be over 5,000 people on a prayer call from all around the world if God is called, not calling us back to prayer? God says, if my people, which are called by my name, would do what? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. God is calling, there, there, there's a prayer move going around across the world, across the world. I think the United States is on the tail end of it. We always think we're on the beginning of things, but, but the prayer movement, the United States is on the tail end of it. We're on the tail end of it. Because we're losing our place in the world when it comes to sharing the gospel and spreading the gospel. We're not the missionary force that we once were. Why? Because we're very materialistic people. We will spend $80 on a hairdo and give $10 in the offering. We'll spend $150 on a pair of shoes and put $5 in the offering. We are a very materialistic nation and we like our comforts. So when it comes to doing the work of ministry, we do not want to be inconvenienced. You tell the people about going on a mission trip. Where are we going to stay? What are we going to eat? Well, the Lord said, I'll supply all your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So if I send you on a mission, your concern is not where you're going to stay and what you're going to eat because the supply will be there. Your concern should be doing the will of God. Can you imagine the Holy Ghost getting ready to take Philip up? And Philip said, wait, Holy Ghost, where are you taking me? What am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? Are y'all with me? But that's the, that's the reality of American Christians. And God said we need to come back. We need to go back. We need to come back. We need to come back to foundational things. We need to know what the bottom line is about following Jesus. All of that was not on my notes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. In, in, in the book of, of Nehemiah, after they finished building the walls around Jerusalem, they read the law. They found the book of the law. And they read the book of the law. And, 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 and on the first day, and I think, I, I think this, I didn't write the chapter down. Go find it. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly, and they gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is the Teshetha, and Ezra the peace, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all of the people, this day is holy unto the Lord your God. Now listen to what they say. More not. Why do they say more not? For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. 
Why did they weep? Because they realized they had strayed so far away from God. We need to come to a place of weeping because our hearts have been broken because we've strayed so far away from God. But Nehemiah said to the people, go your way and eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord, uh, neither be ye sorry. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites still the people said, hold your peace for this day is holy, neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. Wow. Oh, that the, chapter 8. Yeah, that's chapter 8, verse 8 following. Oh, that people today would weep from hearing the word of God. Would weep when we realize. You know, people, people hear the word of God today. And, you, and Lord, forgive me if I'm standing in judgment on anybody. But like, you know, we see personalities. If we could ever get past personalities, maybe we could receive the word. If you have an issue with me, you can't receive from me because you're looking at me. I don't have anything. I didn't write this book. So don't get mad at me. You know, don't, don't discard the word because you have an issue with me. If we could get beyond, per not that you have an issue with me, but that's just an example. Because I notice how people do things in, in church. You know, I've been around long enough. I didn't start this yesterday. I notice how people do things in church and you hear conversations. So if I, if I got a problem with you, I can't receive from you. Well, why don't I just shut my eyes and listen to the words? So I don't see you. And maybe when you come to church, you ought to just close your eyes and, and just listen for God and not look at personalities. If a person hinders you from receiving from God, shut your eyes. So you can receive from God. Amen. Because the bottom line is, <laughs> those who, are, who, who have been given the task to minister are going to minister whether you can receive from them or not. And one day you will be given the task and somebody's going to have a problem with you. Don't think you God's gift to man that anybody's going to have a problem with you. Anyway, we are in a place now where we need to come to an understanding of God's word so that we can be the people that God is calling for us to be. Amen? This is the reason worship and school of ministry and, and Bible study is so vital. We need... We are here, amen, to help you understand the word of God so that you can apply the word of God to your life. And that's in every church, in every ministry, wherever you go, God has gifted people and give the, given them the anointing and they've been given the assignment to preach, to teach, to lay out the word of God so that the people can understand, so that the people can be the people God wants them to be. Amen. Now, you know, when you... I'm going to jump right into the scripture because I don't want to. I want you to get this. In this first book of John, in this first, yeah, in the first John, in this third chapter, we have we've been given some vital instructions um, for us as believers. Uh, they speak to the very essence of what it is to be a Christian. 
Tell your neighbor, this is about what it is to be a Christian. And if your neighbor is sleepy, shake him. All right. This is about what it is to be a Christian. It speaks to the believer not only believing, but following the teachings and examples of Jesus Christ. So therefore, it speaks to being a citizen of the kingdom of God. Remember that Jesus, in that 40-day period, began to teach them things pertaining to the kingdom, not to the church, but things pertaining to the kingdom. And this is what Jesus was, yeah, that's what he did during that 40-day period. He was speaking to them, he was teaching them, and what we have written here are things that Jesus taught, all right? Things that he taught. Yeah, 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 yeah. Things that he taught. Hallelujah. So let's look at this scripture. The immediate occasion for this epistle is that false teachers were harassing the church and they're trying to pull them away from Christ. That's the immediate occasion. So John assures his audience of this truth. Oh, let me, let me stop here because a lot of times when I'm praying or when I'm reading in the book of Psalms um, and, you know, David talks about his enemies and so when I'm reading this, I'm realizing that my enemies are anything and everybody and everything that will war against my soul and my spirit and try to pull me away from God. Not just a person, not just somebody who may have done me wrong, but any attitude I might have, that's an enemy. All right? Any, any, any fault that I might have in me, that's an enemy. Any weakness that I might have, that's an enemy. My flesh can be an enemy. Are you understanding? So there are enemies that are at work. My own mind can be an enemy. The way I think can be an enemy. Because Satan will use all of these things to pull me away from Jesus Christ. And not only that, but to destroy the fellowship of believers. To destroy the fellowship of believers. Are we listening? Are we hearing? All right? Amen. So, these were enemies that were, that were trying to pull uh, the saints away from Christ uh, and, 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 and teaching that Christ had, not, had, had come in the flesh. Uh, yeah, that was true. And John, John assures his audience of this truth as well as the truth of the gospel on two grounds. Okay, he was an eyewitness to Jesus Christ. All right, and the spirit bore witness to their spirit that the things that he had taught them were the truth. So we want to pick up here in this text for today because it's in this text that John lays out some very vital points for believers. All right? This is what we want to pick up on. He says in verse 23, and this is his order, and this is his order, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and that we should love one another just as he commanded us. That's his order. All we, all who keep his commands, 
who obey his orders and follow his plans, who live and continue to live, to stay or abide in him and he in them, they let Christ be at home to them and they are at home to Christ. And by this we know and we understand, we have proof that he really lives and makes his home in us by the Holy Spirit he's given us. Now, the first thing we notice here is that John says, this is the Lord's order. Somebody said, this is his order. Now here, I'm not talking about lining things up in a row. I'm talking about commands. This is the Lord's command. This is not a suggestion. Amen? The things that John is about to write about, about to speak about, about to teach, these are the Lord's commands. These are the Lord's injunctions, all right, that he has given, that he has laid out. John says, this is what the Lord has commanded us. And God can, Jesus can do that because he's Lord, because he's king. He has the sole right to give orders in his kingdom. He has the sole right to give orders in his kingdom to give commands, and to lay out injunctions for his citizens to follow. He's Lord. He suffered. He bled. He died. God raised him from the dead. He's Lord. He's king. He has the sole right to do this. These orders are not debatable. He didn't call a council and ask them what they thought about it. They are not debatable. They're not debatable. They're not to be voted on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not to be voted on because the Lord is sovereign. And when a sovereign gives a command, hallelujah, when a sovereign gives a command, it must be followed. When a sovereign gives a command, it must be followed. Lord have mercy. Now, now, we don't understand this because we live in the United States of America. We live in a democracy. The problem with our way of thinking is that we think democratically. All of our lives we've been taught to think democratically. Some people call a family meeting and ask everybody what they think about it. So we think in the church that we're supposed to call a church meeting and ask everybody, what do you think about it? The Lord is not concerned about what you think about it. Do you not understand that he's sovereign? What he says goes. Well, you say, well, the Lord said it, and I, didn't, I ain't been doing anything, nothing happened to me yet. That's the problem. Yet. Somebody say yet. You all getting sleepy in here? Y'all need some air conditioning on? But wake up now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So when a sovereign gives a command, that command must be followed. If we lived in a nation where there was a king and a king gave an order and that order was not followed, what do you think would happen to that person? 
No questions asked. Because you, you, you disobeyed the sovereign. Yeah. I was sharing with the, with the teenagers this morning, and one of the things I said, I, I think I said, I, I intended to say, if I didn't say it, I'll say it now. <laughs> and I asked them a question, and I kind of forget the whole question, whole tenor of the conversation, but it was dealing with why can we do what we want to do? We can do what we want to do because we're created in the image and likeness of God. We are free moral agents. We, oh, and it was dealing with something about giving up your rights because sometimes you think you have a right to do something. And you do have a right because you've been created in the image and likeness of God. You can go bomb up this whole building. You got a right to do that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's right for you to do it. You are a free moral agent. You can do whatever you want to do. But you have the right to choose. God wants you to choose him. Now, just because you don't choose him does not mean that you're scot-free. Because there are consequences to every decision. There are consequences to every decision. Yeah. So people who choose not to follow the sovereign's order will ultimately suffer their due penalty or receive their just reward. And it's not just a matter of leaving the kingdom if you don't like the orders. It's not just a matter of leaving the kingdom. You can leave, but there's only one alternative. It's not like you got 10 different kingdoms to choose from. You got the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Satan. I'm dealing with kingdom now. Those of y'all think I'm talking about church. I ain't talking about church. I'm talking about kingdom now. You can go to 50 different churches. Amen. But you still got order you got to follow. Whatever church you go to. Because if the church is a church, it's based upon the word of God. Right. The Lord's order is that, first of all, that we should believe in, that we should put our faith or our trust in or adhere to and rely on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. That's the Lord's order. That's the first part of the order that John lifts up here. All right. We say, oh, we got that covered. We're saved. Yeah. Okay. Maybe somebody is not saved. All right. Believe in means put your faith, put your trust in the name of Jesus. There is no other name given among men whereby you must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except to come by me. You can't believe in Buddha and go to God's heaven. You can't do it. You can't believe in all of these other gods and go to heaven and live eternally with the Lord. You can believe in them, but they are not the revealed one. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, I don't care how good they are. I don't care how wonderful they seem. I don't care how much good they do for humanity. There is only one way to Jesus. Why, why do you think people don't like Christians so much in the world? They think that we think that we have a monopoly 
on heaven. We don't have a monopoly on heaven, but we have the revealed way. And if you reject Jesus, you're rejecting God. Jesus Christ is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I know everybody in here understands that, but maybe, maybe you have a problem because I've, I've dealt with that before. Well, what about all of these people? You know, Muslims say they believe in Allah. Allah is another name for God. What about them? Are they not going to go to heaven? You know, what about, what about the Orthodox Jews who believe in God, but they don't accept Jesus? Are they not going to go to heaven? Well, God sent all of these people to hell. God ain't sending them to hell. They're sending themselves to hell. The Bible says that hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth beyond measure. Why? Because so many people are going to hell. So many. God's order. John says, this is God's order that you believe in Jesus Christ. This is God's order. This is God's order. The second part, because, you know, we, we will feel good. Oh, I, I got this, you know. I, I believe Jesus. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, he's my Savior. He's my Lord. Hey, glory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. This is going through all the quickenings and what have you. But let's go to the second part of the Lord's order. The Lord's order is not only that we put our faith in Jesus, but that we should love one another just as he's commanded us. Whew. That we should love one another. Ooh, Lord have mercy. This was the commandment from the beginning. It's not something new. The devil is a lie. Amen. Lord have mercy. Amen. I got 10% battery, so I'm going to finish this real quick. Ten percent is going to go a long way. This is one of the two fish and five loaves of bread moments. Hallelujah. Amen. Because there's a whole lot more in here. Y'all got to get this today. Ah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what the Lord had commanded. But you got to get a drop cord. Yeah. Yeah, this is what the Lord had commanded. Amen? It's not something new. Jesus had said that when you have love for one another, all men would know that you are my disciples. This is how people will know that you belong to me, that you love one another. All right? And this love must not be in word only because it's easy to say, I love you. All right? It's very easy to say, I love you. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Technology. Praise God. Amen. All right? Anybody can say, I love you. But the Lord is not talking about just saying, I love you. Praise the Lord. All right? It must not just be in word, but it must be in deed as well, all right? It must not be in, in theory. It must be in sincerity, all right? 
This love is not a love of theory. And, 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 and Peter, Peter writes the same thing. Apparently, Peter heard Jesus teach it, right? In 1 Peter 1 and 22, Peter said, as you set yourselves apart by your obedience to the truth so that you might have genuine affection for your fellow believers, love each other deeply and earnestly. Notice that as you set yourselves apart, as you set yourselves apart by your obedience to the truth, so that you might have genuine affection for your fellow believers. So I'm not going to have genuine affection to you, Elder Hoskins, unless I have set myself apart. By my obedience. Y'all listening? Everybody who have a problem with, if they slap you on one cheek, turn the other, and you got a problem with that, you're not set apart. I'm talking about the bottom line here. Everybody who say, I can't forgive, you're not set apart. You can't love genuinely. You will love people that love you. You love your friends. But you won't love the brethren. And all of us don't look alike. All of us don't act alike. All of us don't even smell alike. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Love each other deeply. How am I going to do this? Paul said, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. How am I going to do it? It's because of the love of God that has been poured out in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Oh, that we would allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in us. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So he says that this is the Lord's order. This is Lord's, and you know what? The Lord could order this because the Lord demonstrated this. If you go back up to the, even just here in this, in this third chapter, in, in, in verse 1, uh, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the sons of God. The Amplifier says it like this. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has shown or bestowed on us that we should be permitted, that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. The reason that the world does not recognize us is that it does not know him. Why would people have such an issue with the church in the world today? Because they don't know Jesus. We should not be lowering our standards to fit in with the world. We don't have to be politically correct. We don't have to be. We be who we're supposed to be. The world will not recognize us because they don't recognize Jesus. Now, if you want to be friends with the world, be friends with the world. If you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of Christ. 
He goes on to say, beloved, we are even here and now God's children. It, it's not just disclosed or made clear what we shall be, but we know that when he comes or when he is manifested, we shall be like him or we shall resemble him for we shall see him as he is. This is the order of God. And he demonstrated this love for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. How many of us in here have eternal life? How many of us in here have eternal life? If you don't know that you have eternal life, I'm just talking about being saved. This is the first fruits of eternal life. And the essence of it, everybody should have raised their hand because if you're going to hell, that's eternal. That's not a vacation. It's not a trip. You're coming back. Lord have mercy. This is the order of God. This is command of God. That we have faith in Jesus. And, that we, and, and saints, listen, he's not just telling us to love. There are benefits that go along with this. There are benefits. Listen. By this, because he's, he talks about love in verse number 18, and, 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 and he said, by this we can reassure our hearts in his presence. We can quiet, we can conciliate, we can pacify our hearts in his presence whenever our hearts in tormenting self-accusation make us feel guilty and condemned. For we are in his hands. He is above and greater than our consciences and he knows everything, nothing is hidden from him. If our conscience do not accuse us, if they, make us, if they don't make us feel guilty and condemn us, we have confidence before God. The Bible says come boldly before the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy obtain, and find, obtain grace and find mercy, grace to help in the time of need. One of those two, it goes, whatever, you got it, all right? <laughs> if I don't come to God in confidence, I cannot expect to receive from God what I need. Are you understanding? It is vital for me to have confidence toward God. It is vital for me that my heart does not condemn me. It is vital for me and for you that your conscience does not cause you to feel guilty. Because it will stop you from receiving from God. Listen, this does not, this thing is not even working. This does not have anything, that's all right, I'm almost finished. This does not have anything to do with me. This has everything to do with all of us. You need a miracle. You got to have confidence to what God to get a miracle. You need a financial breakthrough. You need confidence to what God to get a financial breakthrough. You need healing in your body. You need confidence to what God to get a financial breakthrough. Whatever I just said. Because my mind went to that woman with the issue of blood. When she went to Jesus, she had confidence that if she could just touch the hem of his garment, that she would be made whole. She had confidence. You yelling faith, 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 faith. Faith is confidence. 
Are you listening? Faith is confidence. And guess what faith works by? Faith works by love. If you have issues in your heart against anybody that you cannot love them, it is short-circuited your faith because faith works by love. Listen, y'all, I don't mean this, I don't mean this against anybody, okay? I'm just saying this so you can get the essence of what I'm saying. You are not that important to me to short-circuit my faith. Are you understanding me? It is more important to me that I love you regardless of what you do, regardless of how you treat me. It is more important to me that I love you with a sincere love so that I can forgive you so that my faith will work. Because when you're dead and gone and I'm still here, I need faith. When I need my bills paid and don't have money, you can't help me. I need faith. Are you understanding me? We got to get this out of the personal realm and go back into the spiritual realm. That's why I said, yes, this is the bottom line. You got to love one another. You can't just say, I believe in Jesus. Well, if you believe in him, you'll follow his example. Because Jesus loves you in spite of your mess. Jesus loves you in spite of your lies. Jesus loves you in spite of your sin. So who are you to hold something against somebody else? Who are you? Who? Who are you? You understand? So you come to God. You ought to come with a clear conscience. Well, your conscience can't condemn you. When is your conscience not going to condemn you? When you love like God has commanded you to love. And he says, we have confidence, complete assurance, complete boldness before God, and we receive from him whatever we ask. Wow. We receive from him whatever we ask because we watchfully obey his orders. We watchfully observe his, his, his injunctions and follow his plans and habitually practice what is pleasing to him. Wow. Wow. This is the bottom line because, you know, the church is, even in the church, Let's, let's just leave the world alone for right now. In the church, we've made it seem that Christianity is what we do up here on Sunday. We've made it seem that Christianity is what we do in the church where, where the saints can see us. Christianity is how you live every day. How you love, first of all, the brethren, because the Bible says, do good to all men. What? What? Especially those of the household of faith. 
So God is not going to look over you in the household of faith and have you going out in the world doing good to everybody. So we got to love the brethren. And this love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. There is no excuse for us not having love for one another. There is no excuse. There is no excuse. There's no excuse for holding any malice in our hearts against anybody. No excuse. You've done Jesus much more wrong than you've done it, than anybody else has ever done you. This is the bottom line of Christianity. It ain't about sowing a seed and getting a blessing. This is about loving the brethren with a pure and a sincere love. Folk don't want you coming up in their face with that fake, oh, I love you, sister. No, they want, they, they want the truth. They want, you to be, they want you to be sincere. That's what God is looking for. Jesus, in this 40-day period, taught these things to his disciples. Why? Because they had to teach it to successive generations. If it was important enough for Jesus to teach it, it's important enough for us to teach it. We've got to go back to the basics. We've all been in church and we've seen people dancing and shouting and know we got folk got issues in their hearts against folk. They're still dancing and shouting. Sometimes I sit in church and I say, Lord, you know, this is no different from the nightclub. The music gets to going and folk hit the floor and start dancing. The Lord said, Got to have love for one another. When is there ever an excuse for me not to love a brother or sister? When is there ever an excuse for me not to love? Yes, I believe you, Jesus. I've trusted you as my Savior and my Lord. And the Lord looks at my love life. Amen. 